It's beginning to look a lot like Chatham Flicks' Christmas films everywhere you go. James will pick a film, Richard will pick one too. Carly and Alan will discuss the rest. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Films in every store. But the prettiest sight you'll hear is the podcast that will be on your own front door. Evening all. Lee here, and it's time for my second edition, slightly late, I do apologise, um, second edition of uh, 24 Days of Christmas theme that we've basically started doing. Um, and I was going to do a Christmas episode, and then I decided um, against it, as everyone's done so much better ones. Um, obviously so far and last year as well so I decided to play it play it a little bit safe um, for me and I've decided to go with a very recent um, film 2017 uh, based on the 2008 book of the same name and it's The Man Who Invented Christmas okay now this strangely when I watched it I actually thought it was an um, it was a British production um, with the actors, but um, after doing a little bit of a um, look up on um, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, etc., it was actually Irish-Canadian, um, a joint collaboration between the two countries, um, strangely, because there's enough English actors and actresses actually in it, um, you know, it certainly felt like it, um, but it was, it, was, it was quite sort of refreshed to find out that it was Irish-Canadian, um, and it's, it's effectively the story of um, how Charles Dickens wrote a Christmas Carol. Um, so to give you a little bit of background, because um, we've covered Christmas Carol a lot, um, and I've certainly mentioned it a lot in um, in previous ones. So um, in the year 1843, so you've got a young um, Charles Dickens played by Dan Stevens in this film, and I thought I thought he'd done a great job. Um, the reviews, which we'll talk about later, were were slightly unfair. I feel, um, but. Uh, me and a lot of the people on like Rotten Tomatoes and uh, Metacritic were a lot kinder. Um, so in 1843, following on from the juggernaut of a book that was Oliver Twist, which came out a um, few years earlier, um, Charles Dickens is suffering from a little bit of financial hardship, really. Um, he was kind of like Alexander Dumas and a lot of other writers. Um, a lot of other people really they, they get success but they're not used to having money so they, they overspend and then they have to try and kind kind of produce new content um to try and you know afford the the lavish lifestyle that they've, they've become accustomed to so he's um, he's suffering from a little bit of hardship from his following on from his success with Oliver Twist and the last couple of books he's done haven't really been um, haven't really been accepted by any publishers so he's trying to think of what he can do so he's looking for inspiration um, for a new book and he decides to start writing a Christmas theme um, and he's getting inspiration from the people around him um 
and he starts having visions of the characters he has kind of one of them sort of eidetic memories um kind of like sherlock holmes um in in the actual film whether or not charles dickens did have uh, did this much of a vivid imagination is um it's entirely a matter of debate some people have also suggested the he could have been um suffering from a variety of mental health problems charles dickens um either that or he was just eccentric whether he could or he couldn't but in, in the film um he's, he's able to sort of visualize his characters um and, and interact with them and he gets the idea for the catchphrase humbug from someone who he meets um in london and he gets to start writing the the book he comes up with the title he comes up with a basic idea and the, the entire film is him interacting with his imaginary characters um and also members of his own family um his father is played by the wonderful jonathan price who plays john dickens and um, for anyone knows anything about um, the the dickens family uh, john dickens was actually in a debtor's prison um and a lot of the um, experiences that um, Charles Dickens experienced the you know the penal system and the way that um, people were treated. Um, this had a massive impact on on his sort of writings. Uh, but John Dickens, played by again by Jonathan Price, um, he's 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 pretty hard on on young Charles. Really, he views him as being a little bit immature and not being really good with money. Um, and in the film, um, Charles Dickens sort of uses him as a little bit of inspiration for possibly Ebenezer himself um, but I won't spoil too much about that you're gonna you're gonna have to watch the film um, the divisions of Ebenezer Scrooge in the film um, Ebenezer's in, in Charles's head is Christopher Plummer um, as well as the other characters played by wonderful actors and actresses um, and Charles Dickens in the film gets a lot of sort of ideas from his um, his housemaid Tara, who is 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 a really um, is a really good hearted person, and she sort of tries to convince him that his character of Ebenezer Scrooge should change and have a happy ending. Um, as Charles Dickens is really sure in what direction he wants the end of A Christmas Carol to go. Um, and this is this is literally the um, the entire film really. Um, without spoiling any too much about the scenes, um, it's it's not the longest film in the entire in, in entire world. It's a one hundred and four minutes, um, but I thought the production value was um, was really good, and the characters were played. The, the characters were played quite well. The actors and actresses looked quite interesting as um, uh, uh, as playing these these sorts of characters. I'll just I'll just reel off another couple of the actors and actresses for you. It's uh, Dan Stevens, who I haven't actually seen him much. Um, as Charles Dickens, um, Christopher Plummer as the Ebenezer Scrooge in the Visions. Um, again, Jonathan Price as John Dickens, uh, Simon Callow as John Leach, who was the actual illustrator for the um, the eighteen forty three um, Christmas Carol. Uh, like we've mentioned um, when we've we've discussed, obviously the novella. Um, it, it came out with pictures. Um, which was another reason why it was so sort of successful and as much of a good money spinner for Charles Dickens as P. 
people could obviously show it to the children and things like that. And it's certainly done done the done the job. Um, okay, we've got Donald Stumpter as the visions of Jacob Marley. Um, we've got Morford Clark as Kate Dickens. Apologies to uh, Morford if I'm pronouncing that um, that Welsh name incorrectly. And you've got Jonathan Henshaw as the visions of uh, Mr. Fezziwig. And um, yeah, um, its production value it, it, it is quite good. And it was filmed on location um, in Ireland, um, with some scenes being filmed in, in Dublin. Um, and they probably use some of the beautiful architecture of Dublin in the same way that um, you know Liverpool gets used because of its um, you know Gothic, Victorian like architecture. Um, and I, I did actually read that they did manage to successfully transform um, certain certain areas of Dublin to make it look like you know the nineteenth century Victorian England quite successfully without really using much CGI, giving it that sort of really nice nice um, nice feel. Um, and and to be fair, um, a lot of the, uh, a lot of people have said it goes for probably more historical accuracy, and the film's more educational about the process of the writing of a Christmas Carol than it is technically for entertainment purposes. But there's a there's a lot of license taken with it and. I, I remember when I was watching it, I only actually got round to watching this last year. Um I thought I, I thought the scenes where he's discussing with his publisher um were were entertaining. Um you know, it it, it sort of captures without going too overboard, you know, how hard it must be to actually um, you know, write a book if you've wrote previous books that have been successful as, you know, Oliver Twist was. Um, I actually always thought he'd wrote great expectations before this, but um, I was I was quite incorrect with that. Um, yeah. So just to go back to some of the uh, the critical response, um, it got a it, it's got seventy nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, this is this is right up there as a lot of people's um, and I wouldn't say favorite Christmas film, but certainly a a Christmas film that's that's not that old. Um, it's you know it's 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 high, um, and some of the other Metacritic gives it a sixty out of a hundred. Um, again, we've we've discussed the difference and a bit of discrepancy between what Rotten Tomatoes and what Metacritic Metacritic um actually given. I know um I know Richards actually talked about its um its weighting on previous. On previous podcasts. Now, interestingly enough, the Guardian was really unkind to this, this film, um, and while he did acknowledge that the cast was good, they didn't feel it was as entertainment as a, entertaining as a Christmas film that it could be. Now, I think that's a little bit harsh on the Guardian, and and I haven't really been impressed with the Guardian's, um, the Guardian as a reviewer of films, for some years now because there's, uh, we've definitely mentioned, um before that there's, there's there's a lot of really great films here that the guardian seems to really really pan and they've done i've noticed they've done it actually with um with a lot of theater um adaptations as well i don't know whether they're trying to act as like a counterpoint to um 
reviews in things like the Telegraph. Not that I've ever in a million years read the Telegraph. I don't know whether they're just trying to be the sort of antithesis for it, but I feel like the Guardian may be a little bit harsh in its critique. Whether or not they're just trying to um, also compete with the fact that most people tend to look up um, reviews now on on online sources. I don't know whether they're trying to go a little bit overboard. But, um, you know, it was it was nominated for the Saturn Awards um, for Best International Film. It didn't win, but it was up there in the nominations. And, you know, it, it, it was up there. I remember watching it last year. Um, I think I was watching it on my own. Um, and I just kind of stumbled on it. And I, I really liked it. I, I mean, I, I like the obviously the the christmas carol the christmas carol adaptations um and if you're looking for obviously the true story of how the book was wrote um you know there's a little bit of license involved but it's it's it, it's it's filmed nice enough the dialogue's nice enough and it's it's just quirky enough to be to be quite entertaining so i have to agree with rotten tomatoes on this one i'd give it a relatively high score i don't know whether it'd quite give it 80 but i certainly enjoyed it and it'll be something that i'll um it's something that I would actually recommend, and I actually will watch it again soon. I don't think it's on Netflix. Um, in fact, I'm not actually sure what um, what media it is actually on, but I'll be certainly be looking for it. And if it is on, if it is on Prime, I'd certainly quite happily spend another couple of pound renting the film, um, uh, just just to see um, the wonderful Christopher Plummer and Jonathan Price again. Um, just in it so um that's my um second um choice for this season's 24 days of christmas uh, i hope you enjoyed it um get around to watching the film um some people may like it some people may dislike it um and you know feel free to um leave your comments about what you think of it afterwards oh and it's um it's quite suitable for children as well okay i hope everyone enjoyed that um have a lovely evening and I'll see you again for my third edition. Bye-bye.